0: Welcome back to the Electrify podcast, brought to you by the creators of Electrify Expo, North America's largest EV festival coming to a major city near you.
1: Welcome to the Electrify News podcast, brought to you by the creators of Electrify Expo, America's largest e-mobility festival coming to five major cities in 2022. All right, everybody, welcome to the Electrify Expo Long Beach, and I am Joe, your host of the Electrify News podcast. We are here recording live today, and I am with Joe from Moonbikes.
0: Thanks for having me. We're excited to be here.
1: Man, thanks for bringing that thing. That is such an exciting thing. If you're just getting here, if you haven't seen it yet, the Moon bike is like Tank, ski, snow thing? What do you, how do you describe that bike to people?
0: All of the above, I guess, right? Ultimately, what we have is the world's first electric snow bike. If you could imagine riding a dirt bike meets a mountain bike, cruising through the trees, slaying fresh powder, and doing it in a way that's eco-friendly, that's what we've got.
1: I mean, it's such an incredible thing, right? And that's what makes events like this so cool is that it's not just cars. It's not just e-bikes. We've got snow bikes. We've got golf carts. We've got tractors. And it's all these different kinds of e-mobility and different ways to get around. And the way that these are transforming motorsports and power sports. But I look at your bike and... it's not like a replacement. It's not like, well, it's a dirt bike with an electric motor. Oh, it's an ATV with an electric motor. I don't really understand what I'm looking at. And I say that in the best way. It's its own thing. And I don't know how you would do something like this without those electric motors and without that electric torque.
0: Oh, you're absolutely correct. I mean, I think one of the most exciting things for us about being at this event, and what a wonderful event it's been so far, I mean, look at how far micro-mobility, e-mobility in general has come in the last even three to five years. And we're seeing so much innovation and people are pushing the boundaries. And then if you look at what we have, we truly feel that we have a blue ocean product, right? We have seen that the market is so deep and so wide with this because it's such a unique experience.
1: It's got to be a unique experience. And when you look at stuff like this and you think of applications on the ski slopes, up in the mountain, rescue operations, because people don't realize, you know, you see those snowmobiles and things like that that are out there for the rescue crews. But when there's an avalanche, when there's an issue like that and they have to get as a first responder, they can't use a loud two stroke snowmobile or something like that because it's going to cause more issues, more avalanche, more mud flaws. And a vehicle like this that is so quiet, you can actually get away with that. You can take that right up to where you're going to go. And not only the mountains and things like that, but you know, even the wildlife, you're not going to scare them off with the noise and the smell of the motor.
0: Yeah. It's really interesting. You mentioned that when we were kind of, looking at what are some of the use cases that we have. We certainly thought of ski resorts and all the recreational factors. We're seeing ski patrollers use it for on-mountain maintenance, shuttling people around in a way that's not, making that loud uh, revving noise, burning all these emissions. Um, It's just been great. And you mentioned the use case of, uh, sounds like hunting is kind of what you're describing. And it's interesting, we've seen a lot of interest from the outdoor sports community because ultimately, it's almost silent. Uh, So regardless of whatever you're looking to do, you can explore nature in a way that's peaceful, quiet, and isn't damaging to the environment.
1: So I look at this and like, you know, I'm a Florida boy. We're right here. Steps from the beach. Why am I not riding this thing on the beach, right? Because this looks like a sand dune blasting awesome thing.
0: <laughs> well, it's interesting, right? I mean, we came to a trade show here in beautiful Southern Southern California. You know, maybe we made a wrong turn near Barstow. <laughs> I don't know. You know, we were looking for the snow and got a little lost. But uh, while it's certainly great to be by the beach... Uh, Ultimately, it's just more fun on snow. Basically what you have is you have a track vehicle in the back with a direct drive hub motor. So you're one, you're really taking advantage of what electric offers, right? That immediate torque output. And on the front, you have a big wide powder ski. So it's super fun and floaty and it's designed to grip and propel better in the snow than it would be in that kind of loose sand. It would like dig itself into the sand. It would dig itself into the sand. So it's truly designed to be a snow vehicle.
1: Now, when I look at that, it looks like a moon bike. I think that's a very great name for it. That's the motorcycle I would ride on the moon. And it looks very futuristic, forward-looking, conceptual, but it's not a concept. You've been in production now for
0: three years. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. So our global headquarters are in ANSI, France. We built the bikes in the French Alps. We have our North American headquarters in Boulder, Colorado. And we have been building and selling the bikes for the last three years. Our first year, we built and sold 50 units. Uh, that We just closed out our last year of sales. We, s- we built and sold 350 and we're building a thousand units for the upcoming winter. So I scaling mean, really quick.
1: Yeah, that's that's quite a j curve there. Do you see a potential market where you know you're going to a hotel, you're going to a ski resort, you're renting these out. but then also seeing it as something somebody owns like up in the Midwest as a snowmobile replacement?
0: Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. In Europe, it's almost entirely the B2B capacity that you're describing. It's rentals, it's resorts offering some experience that, you know, these types of products can provide, something truly unique. Um, here in the U.S. and Canada, we have both. With the way there are regulatory controls are, they're a little less stringent when it comes to off-road vehicle use and ownership. Uh, so we, sur- we sell direct-to-consumer, and we've actually signed uh, over the last uh, two months four different resorts in the U.S. that'll be offering this for rentals next winter, which is super exciting. That
1: is exciting. So you're selling these direct-to-consumer. That means they're, they're essentially not a dealer. It comes to you in a box. You do the unpacking, things like that. I feel like I would be fairly intimidated by trying to put together my own off-road ski tank. Do you find that it's a pretty straightforward process? Is it engineered to be a straightforward process?
0: It's engineered to be a low barrier to entry vehicle. If you consider what people might think of with power sports, this isn't that. It's a limited number of components, and the components that we utilize are designed to be familiar to people, even though the experience is unique. What I mean by that is on the rear, we have uh, a fairly simplistic system with that direct drive motor into a track. That's all built and assembled already, and the bike ships with all of that attached. And on the front, you have a uh, what effectively is mountain bike componentry. So if you've ridden a bike before or you have that kind of understanding, it's super simple. The bike ships what I would say is 90 95% complete. You're attaching the front ski in the way that you would attach a front tire to a mountain bike and then the handlebars are attached and wired but laid down so then you screw some allen keys and next thing you know you're ripping snow
1: i love it well so let me ask you a question you mentioned the low barrier to entry and i really like that term because when you look at something like a snowmobile they're they're obtainable but they're certainly not cheap right like If you really want one, you can get one, but it's not something you throw on the visa because you saw it in line when you were buying a lawnmower, right? So how does the price of one of these compare to a snowmobile?
0: It's significantly less. So our bike retails for 8900 USD, and that's everything that you would need to operate one system. So what I mean by that is that's your bike the standard battery and the charging system for it and you mentioned standard
1: charger right it's it just goes into the wall outlet
0: exactly yeah just straight into your wall outlet yep
1: You know, we we see that with so many of these products, whether it's, you know, the flight board or the e-bikes, that they don't have that automotive, super high-speed, fast charger. But in a lot of these cases, you don't need it because the battery is so much smaller. You're not moving a 4,000-pound car. You're moving a 400-pound motorcycle or, I mean, I think this is like a 200-pound snow bike.
0: Just under, yep. So, yeah, that's absolutely true. And going back to the low barrier of entry, everything that we've done with the design has been with that in mind. Ultimately, uh, our founder and CEO saw that in the summer, we have all of these options for mobility and recreation, right? You have scooters, motorcycles, bikes, whatever the case may be. In the winter, we basically have snowmobiles, and that's pretty much it. And you mentioned, yeah, it's not the most approachable thing for a lot of people. This certainly is one of those things. We find that snowmobile usage is basically... We'll edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut it in post. No, but
1: it actually speaks to that, right? Because we... So, for those of you who aren't here, what happened was we had a gentleman come up who's got a, a you know, star driver who's driving in the electric rallycross series. And it We're talking about a moon bike, we're talking about flight boards, we're talking about e-bikes. And the e-mobility revolution, as you said over the last three years, has really gone everywhere. It went from like a niche kind of environmentalist thing to you look at something like the Ford F-150 Lightning or, you know, the Silverado or the Toyota products that are here. And the message is less environmental and it's much more about the fun and the excitement and the ear to ear smile that you get. And nobody is looking at the moon bikes and walking away going, eh, it's not for me. You're like trying to figure out how you can get one, how you can put it in your garage, how you can put it in the trunk of your car. And it is such a cool time to be in this like wild west, what's the future gonna look like thing.
0: Yeah, it's just absolutely explosive, right? And I mean, it's just completely opened up the access to this kind of world. And what I was saying earlier, going back to the kind of the snowmobile thing, with that barrier to entry, what we find is that snowmobile use is roughly 80-20 male-female. What we're seeing with our bikes is closer to 60-40, which just reinforces that, the, hey, this is for everyone. And out here, there's a product for everyone, whatever it is that you're into. And it's just a super exciting time to be involved with it.
1: It is. You know, we, we talked in one of the panels that we did at, at the industry day yesterday. And one of the concepts that was talked about in that panel is that there is a different way to move people, products, food throughout the country, throughout the city. And finding those niches is going to create a whole different landscape and I couldn't have imagined something like this as a two stroke you know blowing smoke in my face making you know with all the smells and the sounds and I think you, that might be why you're seeing something approaching a, a more equal division of male and women male and female riders is because you're eliminating all of those kind of points that were pain points that I'm You know, someone, a male, might endure because, like, oh, man, two-stroke, yeah. And you're you're getting rid of those objections and making the experience less about the machine and more about the wildlife, more about getting into nature, more about the fun.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think it's it's interesting. When people from that community that have kind of those pain points or reservations with electric vehicles or, more specifically, in the power sports coming over to the snow mobility side— they always have the same reaction, which is they get on, they recognize that it's just immediate torque output, and it's actually crazy fun. And all of a sudden, it's no longer, oh, I need to hear this loud noise, or I need to rip uh, 90 miles an hour. If I'm going 26, 27 miles an hour, but it's immediate torque output, and it's in a light, fun, floaty way, I mean, it's just a great time.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's, it's you know, like I, I reviewed the Kia Nero electric a couple of weeks ago, and I, I had that on Electrify News, and it, that was the comment that I came back with, was it's infinitely more fun to drive a slow car fast than a fast car
0: slow. Completely right. I mean, think about driving an electric vehicle, a Tesla, a Lucid, whatever we have here, right? The second you hit that gas, it is taking off, and... That's awesome, and that's just. I love one that we the still myth. call it "hit the gas." Yeah, there's, <laughs> right. Like, there's no gas. <laughs> you, we're like, as soon as you hit the gas, and this <laughs> when EV. you hit the pedal. Yeah, I guess <laughs> it's probably a more accurate way to describe it. Yeah. Well, listen,
1: thank you so much for being a part of this show. You know, it, it, shows like this are are so much fun to be a part of, and you meet like the most interesting people. What about what can the people here who are seeing you for the first time, who are you know, the, it's the middle of summer; they're not thinking about winter sports quite yet. How can they follow along with what you're doing? How can they, like, be a part of this, uh, you know, moonshot project?
0: Yeah, this – we see ourselves as revolutionizing winter mobility, right? And we would love for you to join that with us. We are on every major social media channel. Please follow along. Uh, Please stop by the booth while you're here. Come say hey. We do run demos across the U.S., Canada, and Europe during the winter months. We would love to see you there and get you on the bike. And – I think you'll see what we see with it. Well, that's awesome stuff. Thank
1: you so much. And uh, we'll be back in a bit.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Electrify News Podcast, brought to you by the Electrify Expo, coming to five major cities in 2022. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all the latest in e-mobility news and updates. Thanks for listening to the Electrify podcast, brought to you by the creators of Electrify Expo. Be sure to catch full video episodes on YouTube at Electrify TV and follow along on social media for daily clips and more.